Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you today. Your word says, and we've just sung it, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And Lord, we thank you as we look back over 2018. We can truly say every morning we've been awoken by your love. Throughout each day we've known the security that your love brings. And Lord, we are assured as we look into 2019 that that same love, that same faithfulness that brought us all the way through 2018 and every other year that, that went behind it, Lord, will again lead us on through 2019. This is the confidence that we have. This is the assurance. This is the peace. Lord, to know no matter what circumstance faces us, no matter what trial or tribulation or inner difficulty comes our way, we thank you for your steadfast, immovable love that, from which we can never be separated from. Lord, today we just want to thank you. We want to thank you as your people. Why don't you just say thank you to Jesus? If you want to shout, you can shout. If you want to clap, if you want to quietly say it in your heart, just say thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You've never failed us. You've never forsaken us. You've never left us. And we love you and we praise you this day. And all God pe God's people said, amen. Fantastic. Let's show our appreciation to the musicians and then you can be seated. Well, we are on really the eve, New Year's Eve tomorrow, on the eve of a new year. And we're leaving 2018. And this is the season where people across the world make their resolutions. This is the season where hopes and dreams and aspirations and goals are listed as people come out with their New Year's resolution in a desire for a new life, in a desire for a new lifestyle and new habits. But statistics tell us that only 20% of people that have their New Year's resolution in place ever go on to fulfill it. Many of us live with unfulfilled resolutions. Many of us make our resolutions. Many of us state our new desires and list our goals. But when reality sets in, that gym membership that, you know, you embark on at the beginning of January ends by the middle of February. The desires that we embark on very often get faced with the realities of life. But God has given us something far greater than any New Year resolution that we can come up with. God has given us His Word. God has given us not a resolution, but a revelation. And revelation, when it's burning in your heart can face all the challenges and all of the trials and all of the troubles of life. Paul prayed for the Ephesians church 
And he said this, I pray that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened, that you might have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He didn't pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened with a resolution, but with a revelation of God's Word. And God, for every new year, for every new season, for every new aspect of our lives, wants to place a revelation in our hearts to hold us, to help us, to enable us to go forward in our walk with him. That's great news for us. We don't live by, you know, the hope and the dream and the chance of a re resolution coming to pass. We live planted and grounded in a revelation that God births in our heart by his spirit. It's wonderful. Now this morning, I want us to, for a moment, look at this whole aspect of a revelation, the revelation that God wants to place in our hearts in order to help us successfully go forward into everything that he has planned for us. When you look back over 2018, there may be moments and times of great disappointment. There may be, there may be moments of, of great defeat. You may look over 2018 and, you know, there may be periods of, of, of darkness and, and hopelessness. You could be moving towards 2019 in one of two ways. With great disappointment or with great excitement. Some of us may look over 2018 and we might be excited about what happened in 2018 and that causes us to have great hopes for the new year. 2018 may be a year where dreams have been fulfilled for you, where goals have been met, where, where all of your aspirations for life for that year have been fulfilled, and that's great. But for others of us, we may be moving slowly towards this new year with disappointment. Proverbs 13 verse 12, Solomon talks about these two areas of disappointment and fulfillment and the consequences of them. He says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes or a dream is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. I wonder if you're leaving 2018 with your hope having been deferred and you're battling with heart sickness or maybe you're leaving 2018 going towards 2019 with great expectation because your dreams have been fulfilled and you're eating from that abundant tree of life. There can be two ways in which we experience life and which we head towards our future. With a heavy heart or with a life set on course, ready to embrace everything that, that comes towards us. You know, I know people in this room and beyond this room that have had their hope deferred in 2018 and are now, as a result of that hope being deferred, battling with heart sickness. It's not because they've done anything wrong. It's not because 
you know, they've, they've made choices that, that have been bad choices. It's just life has hit hard and things have occurred and, and their, their dreams and their desires and their intentions haven't been met. And as a result of that, their heart is heavy. Well, the Bible has an antidote for a heavy heart. The Bible has an antidote and an answer for all of the sorrows that, that we encounter through this life. It really does. I also know people that have had dreams fulfilled this year. And they're eating from that tree of life in that there's provision, there's joy, there's fulfillment, there's excitement. Their goals are being met and ticked off. Where are you today? Where am I today? Is our hope being deferred and our heart heavy and sick? Or are our dreams being fulfilled to the point that we're eating from that tree of life. Where are we? Wherever we are today, God has a word to encourage us with. Wherever, whatever our condition of life is today, the shepherd of our soul, Jesus, wants to encourage us and help us on through. Do you know this heart sickness is, is a common thing in the Bible when you read through the Scriptures. Many people had it where their hope was deferred and they couldn't understand what was happening with their, their lives. Paul, the apostle, experienced on many, on many fronts this, this hope of his being deferred, where deep disappointment on occasions set in. But every time he bounces back and he continues on, why? Not because of some resolution, but because of a revelation that was burning in his heart as a result of Jesus leading him on through. Let's listen to his revelation. Now he's talking in relation to his past. He's talking in relation to his present. And he's talking to his in relation to his expectation for the future. We find him in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 16, saying these words. Now, this isn't some resolution that he's concocted in his mind. This is a revelation by which he lives. He says this, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold for, of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Paul had a burning revelation in his heart. And he states it clearly. He says, this one thing I do, 
Forgetting those things that are behind. Do you know it's a blessing to forget the things that are behind you? It's a blessing to be able to close the door on 2018 and all of the things that might have gone on and gone before you in that year, whether it's brought brought blessing or whether it's brought great disappointment. It is a blessing to be able to forget the things that are behind you in order to press on and go forward. It really is. And in in order for us to go forward... And to keep walking and to keep doing what God's called us to do, we need to be able to forget the things, the many things that are behind us. But very often, if if we're honest, probably all of us in this room, one of the biggest areas that we struggle with is forgetting what's behind us. Very often, the past has a very real power in holding us back from the things that God wants us to enter into. You know, you read about the children of Israel, and you see this so frequently. Their past stalking them. Their past haunting them. Every time God wanted to do something new, every time a challenge cropped up for them to trust God in, they, re- they reverted back to their past. And when the pressure was on. Immediately, they'd they'd hold Moses over a barrel and they'd bring everything to a standstill as uh, uh, as they would stand up in the face of God and say, right, that's it. We want to go back to Egypt. Every time, so many occasions as God was leading them on through the wilderness toward a promised land, as soon as things would get tough, they would revert back to an old past life that they didn't belong in. Well, it was better when we were in Egypt. The garlic was better there. That's what they said. That's what they said. The garlic was better. The grapes were better in Egypt. They seemed to forget that they were slaves for 400 years under taskmasters that were merciless to them. And yet God was providing every day for them to get them into a promised land. But every moment where there was a challenge or where they had to trust God, immediately they would revert back to the past. They didn't close the door to the past successfully. And therefore, they kept on going back and forth over the threshold toward it. And if we want to go forward, and it's a challenge to every one of us, it really is. You've got to shut the door. I've got to shut the door to the past. Do you know, in the Old Testament, there's a story about a king who God rejected. His name was Saul. For many years, he was a great king. For many years, God had his hand on his life. And then one day, God said, I have rejected Saul. And he told Samuel, the prophet, to tell Saul that he was rejected by God that he would no longer have God's blessing, even though he held the position of being king. He would no longer hold God's blessing on his life. Samuel had to do that task and tell King Saul that he'd been rejected by God. And then the Bible says that Samuel mourned over the loss of Saul. Why? Because Samuel couldn't detach himself from all of the good times that had occurred in the past. And then God came to him 
because God saw that, that the whole nation was on hold as a result of Samuel mourning over the, the, the rejection of Saul by God. So God says to Samuel, he says, how long are you going to mourn over Saul? How long are you going to keep thinking back into a past that doesn't exist anymore? Get up and anoint the new king, David. You need to go down to Jesse's house, anoint him because my blessing's on him. What was, what was God saying? Through that, he was saying, listen, Samuel, you've got to shut the door on your past. The message is simple. For all of us, shut the door well. Shut the door to the past. Don't be held by it. Don't be hindered by it. There may be things where you failed in 2018 that, that you know, are stalking you and haunting you. But listen, don't mourn any longer over those things. Arise. For, for God wants to, you know, take you into a new dimension of living. He really does. And this has always been the challenge for us as God's people and for God's people of all times and generations. Very often we struggle to go forward because of this tug of war tension between our, our past that wants to hold us back and everything that Jesus has for us in our future. It's a tug of war tension. It's a mental battle. But you know what? We can. We can do it. We really can as we place our trust in him. In fact, Paul said this, fixing your eyes on Jesus. Not fixing your eyes on your past. Not fixing your eyes on anything that's around you, but fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Look to him, church. He'll lead you through. Look to him. He'll bring you into everything that he's called you to be. He really will. Even if our past has been unfruitful, you see, even if 2018 and the years before it have been very difficult years, very hard years, traumatic times. Do you know what? God doesn't want us to look back in the past and mourn over it. Why? Because he can do something with it. He can even change a negative past. He can even change the, 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 the worst experiences about our lives that we're ashamed of. God can do that. He really can. He says this in, in Joel chapter 2 verse 25. Let me read it to you. You're going to know these words really well. But think of them now in relation to your past, in relation to your life and my life. God talks to his people and he says this. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten and the crawling locusts and the chewing locusts have consumed. That's God's view about our past. It really is. It really is. Can you imagine the, the prophet Joel going to God's people and, and their whole land had been decimated and consumed by locusts? In all of their various forms, 
They'd come in their swarms. They chewed everything up and spat it out and left nothing. It was a scene of devastation. And yet even amidst that devastation, God comes with a word of hope. Faye said this morning, you know, from the, from, from the words of Jeremiah, God declared, Behold, I'm the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too difficult for me? And then he says, there's nothing too difficult for me. Even though our past is gone, even though it's, it represents life that's lived, that can't be unchanged, I'm telling you that we serve a God that can even go into our past and redeem it. We serve a God that can go into our past and bring blessing out of cursing. That's the God that we serve. So we don't have to look back and mourn. We don't have to look back and regret. And of course we do. Of course, every one of us looks back sometimes with regret. But David said this when he looked at his past and he saw the condition of his heart that it left him in. He said, why are you downcast, O my soul? Well, he was downcast because he was looking back. And then he said this, hope and trust in God. Don't be downcast about your past. Put your hope and your trust in God. He's the one. That brings us all through. He really is. He really is. Philippians chapter 4. Paul talks about experiences that he went through. Hard experiences. Good experiences. A concoction. A mix of circumstances. Blessings and cursings all occurring in his life that he met head on. He says this, verse 11 to verse 13. Not that I speak of need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. But then he says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Your 2018 may have been an abounding year. You know, if it's been an abounding year of abundance and fulfillment and, and your, your hopes and dreams being fulfilled, then you need the strength of Jesus to handle that. But if it's been a year of abasement and suffering and difficulty, Paul says, listen, it doesn't matter what we go through and what we face and what comes against us in amidst it all, whether I'm abounding or whether I'm being abased, whether I'm hungry or whether I'm full. I've learned to be content in all things because it's Christ and the provision of his strength that enables me to go on through and do what I do. You know, when Paul was writing these words, this revelation to the church at Philippi, he was in prison. But he doesn't really talk about the prison experience that he was undergoing. He doesn't really give any attention to the circumstances that he is facing, unlike me. You see, if I was writing 
this letter to you and I was in prison. Oh my goodness, I'm sure I wouldn't be writing like Paul was writing. I would be describing the suffering and the hardship and the difficulty and the mental anguish and, and you know, all of the uncertainties that were ahead. Paul opens up this letter and he says, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. And then he begins to talk about the wonderful favor and grace of God that's on him and on them. He doesn't go, you know, and have a pity party. He doesn't, you know, rehearse all of the things that had gone on in this letter to them. He lifts them in his lowest moment. He lifts them and elevates them. And he even talks about the great disadvantage becoming the the, the greatest advantage for the gospel. This is his outlook in this dark place. This is his outlook and vision for the future, even whilst he was incarcerated in a prison. And I think that's what makes these words so powerful. That's what really makes these words stand out, that you want to take hold of them. Paul wasn't sitting in an office behind a nice desk with his radiators on in winter, writing a letter to the church at Philippi. No, he was in You know, a dirty dungeon, alone, writing, encouraging the people of God, saying, listen, I haven't apprehended everything that I want to apprehend that Christ has laid hold of me for, but I forget the things that are behind. I'm going to press on even though I'm incarcerated, even though I can't go beyond the four walls that I'm being contained in, in my spirit, I'm a free man. In Christ, in my spirit, if, they, if, they, if they're trying to hold me back from preaching the gospel, then I'll write to you and encourage you. This man would not back down or back up. Philippians 1 verse 6, he says, Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The confidence of Paul was in Christ. And Paul wouldn't allow any circumstance to break his confidence in Jesus. Jesus had begun a good work in him, and Jesus was going to complete it. Jesus had begun a good work at the church at Philippi, and Jesus was going to complete it. Paul was encouraging this church because they were undergoing the same pressures, the same areas of suffering as he was, not in prison, but outside in the world in which they lived. But Paul encouraged them from his chains. And he says, listen, you can do it. But this one thing you need to do, forget the things that are behind you. Don't be held back by them. Now go forward. And then he uses this wonderful analogy, this language of a runner running in a race. And he says, I'm pressing, I'm straining forward. And maybe in his mind, he pictured those Olympian athletes that ran in his day, stretching to reach the finish. Running, 
falling, getting up, dusting themselves off and continuing on, going forward, advancing. And he says, just like that Olympian runner, I'm pressing forward. I'm going forward for the prize, which is in Christ Jesus. I'm never going to take my eyes off that prize. You know, resolutions, they come and go. Resolutions list out what we want, what we want to achieve. Well, when you read the writers, the early writers of the New Testament, you don't find any personal resolutions. You just find revelations and desires to follow Christ and keep their eyes on him and keep pursuing him and keep going after him with all of their might and all of their strength. And this is where Paul was at. His zeal, his desire was undeterred, even by a prison cell. This man had, had, had pioneered churches from Rome to Spain. Many, many hundreds and thousands of people had received Jesus as their Savior as a result of this man's ministry just out in the street building church from the ground up in the cities, in the highways and the byways. He'd encountered so many wonderful things. He'd written over two-thirds of the New Testament. He had an incredible revelation of Jesus. He actually went to heaven. But not only did he go to heaven, not only did he experience the wonderful glories of God, in another world, but he got lowered down over a city wall in a basket as they tried to stone him and kill him and end his life. Paul experienced the extremes of life. Paul experienced all of the, all of the complexities of circumstances as he was trying to go forward in his walk with God. And yet in the face of it, he kept running he said, I've, I, I haven't attained yet. Everything that Christ has apprehended me for, I must continue on. I must press on. There's a prize. There's a goal in front of me. Do you know one of the races in the Greek games, and maybe Paul was referring to this one, had races in place, but you didn't win the race by getting over the finish line first. You won, you, you, you won the race by carrying your torch still lit over the line. And you know, for all of us, there is a race that's been set before us. There are many things ahead of us that would seek to deter, deter us in that race. But with Paul, we must press forward. With Paul... We must have the same revelation burning in our hearts, not held back by the past, but with a new determination to go forward into everything that God is placing before us. This new year, as we're on the eve of it, go to your room and take a moment with God and say, Lord, with Paul, I want that same revelation to burn in my heart as it burned in his heart. I forget the things that are behind me, whether they be good or bad. 
And Lord, with a fresh determination, with a fresh focus, with a fresh understanding, I'm going to run. I'm going to press forward for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Let that be our resolve. You know, to forget means to cease to be affected by. Is there areas of your past life that are still affecting you? Is there areas of my past life still affecting me? It's good to think about that. To take an inventory of your life and how you live it. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But then to bring closure on those areas that are unproductive. To bring closure on those areas that are still affecting your life presently. That's a very powerful thing. And God enables us to do that. You know, there's been lots of times in our family, in our marriage, where we bought plants. And we're not very good at keeping plants, are we, Faye? What we've discovered is plants need watering. And, um, you know, when you, when you get that discovery, you realize that, uh, you know, really... They're not really going to survive and be healthy within your home. Many of the plants that we've had have wilted and died just simply because of a lack of water. We forget to, we forget to water them. And therefore, you know, they just wither up and die. You know, there's things in our lives that are just like those plants. And sometimes we water the wrong things. We water the weeds that need to wither up and die. And we don't water the plant that needs to thrive and grow and live and be everything that God's created it to be. Maybe there's some things from the past and they're just like weeds. And you need to make a decision to stop watering those things. I'm sure all of us, we could go around the room. And we tend those weeds and we water those weeds and we make room for those weeds when we just need to allow God to put his hand on them and just uproot the thing so that the good can grow. The plant that he's seeded in our heart can really thrive and flourish. Maybe it's going to be a year where you make a decision to water the right things and stop watering the wrong things. You're going to forget about those former things that have held you back. And you're going to concentrate like Paul did, on the things that are before you and are ahead of you. Whatever it is, whatever it is that's holding you back, take notice of it and make a decision. Make a decision by God's grace and his help to do what he wants you to do. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. We're going to close in a minute. God had a great plan for Gideon. In Judges chapter 6, we read about it. One day he's in a wine press, struggling. He's at a place of abasement. 
He's, a pl- he's at a place of struggle. He's at a place of lack. Where he's, where he's at a very low place, a low point in his life. And suddenly, an angel turns up from God and he says, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. And Gideon struggles with this whole brand new picture that God has of him. Why? Because he can't let go of his past. He can't let go of where he's come from and what he's been through. It's a real, real predicament to be in. When God begins to talk about things that he wants you to do, when God talks about a new season for you to enter, very often we revert back to the past. We can't forget the former things. But he's the God that can restore what the locusts have eaten. He's the God that can restore all of the, all of the years that have been devastated by wrong decision. And this is the testimony of Gideon. He can't let go of his past even though God is speaking a new revelation for his future. Listen to him in Judges chapter 6. Verse 12 to verse 16. And some of us are here today. Maybe all of us in different ways. And it's fine. Because God doesn't reject us when we hold on to the past. He just gently brings us into a new revelation of what he has for us. And then he empowers us to live in that dimension. Listen to what the angel says to Gideon and then how Gideon responds says this, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Paul could have said that when he was in prison. If God's with me, why has all this happened to me? I haven't got a positive word to talk to say about the situation that I'm in. I'm just going to, you know, curse everything around me and the people that are looking to me. I'm just going to give up and throw the towel in. But no, he didn't. But Gideon was struggling to receive this word that God has spoken. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, Why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. The Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Where's God? Where are all the miracles that we've been told about? What's going on? I can't be the person you're telling me to be that I that I can be God because 
My family's the least and I'm the least in my family. There's, there's so many reasons that, that tell me that I can't do what you're telling me I can do. But God says, listen, I'll be with you. I'll bring this about. And the same confidence that Gideon walked in as God was with him, Paul walked in as he went through his world, even amidst all of the circumstances and all of the disappointments and all of the deferring of hope that left his heart sad sometimes and sick sometimes, in amidst all of those variances when he was in lack or in abundance, he discovered a strength in Christ Jesus that enabled him to walk on through and to do all things from that strength and in that strength. This new year ahead of us, the new seasons that we're going to walk into as a church over this next year, 2019. There's going to be challenges like there have been in 2018. There's going to be surprises, both good and bad. There's still going to be circumstances that suddenly spring up that we, we don't know what to do or where to turn. But there is going to be a strength that enables us to go on through. There is going to be a strength that enables us to walk faithfully with God because He has called us to do what He has called us to do. And that is our assurance. That is our confidence. Confident, Paul said, of this very thing, that He who has begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your people today. Lord, I thank you. We don't, we don't live by resolutions that come and go. We don't live to pronounce a resolution that may work or may won't work. We thank you that by your Spirit, we have a revelation inside our hearts that enables us to do what you've called us to do. We thank you that we have a revelation inside our hearts that, Lord, keeps us on course, that enables us to, 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 to like Paul, press for the prize, to stretch and go forward. Lord, I pray that over these next weeks and months, we would bring closure to the past, that it wouldn't hinder us or haunt us any longer. But Lord, we would live free of it and walk into the future that you have for us. I ask this for your people. I pray, Lord, for every single person here. Lord, if it's, a, if it's been a year where locusts have destroyed it, a year of stripping and devastation and hardship. Lord, you're the God that even restores years like that, I pray, Holy Spirit, that this next year would be a year of abundance and blessing. Challenge, yes. Difficulty, yes. We know that that's always going to be there. But Lord, we pray that we would sense the strength of God enabling us to conquer in all things. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. <laughs>